What is up? And welcome in. It's Talking Flock, a Flamingo podcast where we discuss everything happening with your forward Madison FC. We being myself, Jeremy Rushing, and of course, alongside me as always, Rob Chapel from Madison 365. Rob, how are we doing? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. The end is near. The light is at the end of the tunnel. I uh, hate to say that, um, you know, because uh, we, we love this team and soccer season's always great. But when you are not in the playoffs uh, and there's one game left, you're kind of just hoping to get uh, over that hump and get into the offseason. And um, so here we are, episode 53. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. If you haven't left us a rating and review, please do that as well. You can also follow us on Twitter at Talking Flock. Great interview that Rob did. Uh, recorded it earlier today as we're recording, and uh, you will hear it during this episode. Flock VP Kelly Ferguson joining the show to just talk about kind of you know taking over that vice president role and kind of what this season has been like from that flock and uh, supporters' perspective and and all all good thing or a lot of great stuff I should say from Kelly during that interview. Uh, Rob, anything else that we should tease? Uh, ahead of when the people hear it uh no only that uh uh everybody should should think about if you're listening to this podcast you obviously care about this club a lot you should think about getting involved with the flock there's going to be board elections there's always something to do so uh, uh kelly will have more to say about that in a little while absolutely so stay tuned in for that you'll hear that in about maybe 15 20 minutes uh, but first we do have to recap the home finale which was in front of a great house <clears throat> excuse me great house great crowd Almost 4,500 people showed up for this home finale. And considering there was absolutely nothing to play for, you're already out of the playoffs. We're starting to get, I, I get that the weather was, it was kind of that, maybe that last weekend of good weather, uh, decent mm-hmm. weather at least as well. Um, but it's still October. And again, this team not fighting for a playoff spot already kind of their, their fate has already been sealed in that regard. Yet mm-hmm. 4,492 showed up at uh at Bree Stevens. That's just so an amazing number. So impressive the the um the support that this community shows for its club. Not only the flock end, but everybody else who just shows up all mm. the time. It's just really incredible. And it and it goes to the club that you know you win or lose on the field, you have a good time when you're there usually. Yeah. Um, so that's which says a lot. That's uh, you know obviously Connor and, and Vern and those guys in the front office are smart about that stuff. But this the that that the, the community are are not fair weather fans, which is is really really impressive, and uh, it made me think about a couple of weeks ago when we had Andrew and Grant on from New Dog Magazine. We talked about if we don't make the playoffs, is it a successful season? This is before we were eliminated, and we kind of came to the consensus that no, it's not a successful season if you don't make the playoffs, especially with this much talent on the roster. Yep, but but that's the the success of the team, right? Think about the success of the club. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in ninth place. There's a reasonable chance you might finish dead last. Honestly, we've talked yep. about that a little bit later. There's still a possibility of that. Uh, yet you're still filling Reece Stevens Field, uh, and I, that, and you're still the top average attendance in the league, even though you're on the field performances at the bottom of the league. I think, in some measure, from a, at least even from even if you just look at dollars and cents from a business perspective, that's a successful season. Right, yep. but also for, in a community connection sense, that feels like a successful season, even if the and you know maybe I'm trying to spin this season into something more positive than it is. But if you talk about success, how do you measure success? You measure success in wins, making the playoffs. Then obviously no. You measure the success in community connection, in selling tickets, in selling merch, in in 
creating a profitable business so you can continue to have a team in the future. You got to say that, that at least in that this club is successful. Yeah. This, this team obviously has really developed a foothold in the Madison community that many teams who have been around for decades have not been able to figure out. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a credit to everybody involved with the club for, you know, making that community connection, as you mentioned, and really just, just making themselves a commodity in a sports market that includes a top tier blue blood division one sport sports program as well. Right. Right? So um, yeah, kudos to everybody involved with Ford Madison on the organizational end uh, Mm -hmm. for, for making that connection. But as kind of, we have been saying, we said this in the preseason, we said this during the season, we've continued to say this for the better part of the last two years. At some point you do need to see that success measured on the field at some point as well. At some point. Um, so hopefully that could be, that can be 2023, but anyways, um, t- talking more about the Richmond match. So you're missing up due due to the red card in the prior match, which I'm, I'm still, I'm still a little angry about, but that's okay. Yep. We'll get over it. Um, another weird thing, no Mitch Osmond as well. Yeah. Undetermined reason. Um, we're not really given any clarity on that situation as to why Osmond was out. Um, Justin Suko then gets to start up top. On the right, Christian Dean moves to center back, which pushes Eric Leonard on the right. So kind of musical mixing and matching there for Madison in the lineup with those omissions. And then Christian Dean specifically uh, played a very different role than we're used to seeing from him. And uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. But really this started in the 24th minute, Rob. I mean, oh, chances don't get much better than this. No, and it's no, it's no. it's really really hard to criticize Jeremiah Strang because he has been so good, and he has been one of the few um, spots where you know you feel like he can he can tuck it away from from any any spot in front of the in front of goal. Yeah. Um, yep. So, it, 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 yeah. But he's had some spectacular he, misses because he takes spectacular. Crazy! He's willing to take crazy shots. He's, he's willing to try bicycles and and yep. ride from distance and and try and set pieces and stuff. So he has some spectacular misses. This one was not a spectacular miss. No, it was a spectacular miss in the, in the fact that it was it was just one that that you don't usually see or really want to see. No. Um, yeah, Richmond defense gets drawn really high, and at the same time, Dean got the ball straight up to Bartman in the midfield, and he makes a really nice touch to get around Moran Correa here. And then this is a perfectly timed run and a perfectly timed pass because Strang is well on side when this pass is made Mm -hmm. like two or three yards on side, but he is at a full sprint where the defender here, I don't know if it was Correa or somebody else, but they were backpedaling. Yeah. Yeah. So the defender's backpedaling and you get, you get Strang on a full sprint and just, just meets the ball really well. One-on-one with the keeper running up FIFA style. Um, and just middle of the box. I don't know if he slipped or he went to the ground to try to keep control of the ball. I'm not quite sure, but either way, he goes to the ground and the ball gets pushed wide. Yeah, I I don't understand. uh, Akira Fitzgerald, very, very great goalkeeper, uh, was giving him the whole left side of the goal. Fitzgerald shaded him to to Jeremiah's right, to Fitzgerald's left, and was basically giving him the other side of the goal. His momentum was going to the right. His favors is, you know, he's going to favor the right side, but still he could have just turned his hips a little bit and slotted it to the left. Instead, he tried to go around Fitzgerald somehow. And I think he lost his footing a little bit. 
uh, which yeah. didn't help. But but he did. He could have probably taken one more touch. He was that far past Dakota Barnathan. Yeah, um, he could have probably gotten either a lateral touch to get Fitzgerald leaning one way or the other or whatever. But but Fitzgerald actually dove to the left, like he dove the other way. Like he he, yeah. he knew that in any other circumstance, Jeremiah String is going to pull it back across to the open part of the goal, but he didn't, and he took it to the right hand side, and it just went way wide. And the 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 commentator was like, "Oh, just wide." It was not just wide; it was really wide. And if you uh. If you're an MLS historian and you remember the run-up penalty kicks, this is this was the equivalent of that. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, he just pushed it wide, and man, that has been kind of in a nutshell what this last month and a half has been like. And, and you wonder, Madison. you wonder if I mean he's only people forget Jeremiah String is 20 years old, right? Or maybe 21. Yeah. He might have had a birthday, but he's very young. He's very uh, raw, very very talented, but still very raw. And you wonder if he just lost composure a little bit because. Can we talk about this, about the, the fact that they haven't scored in three weeks or three games? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it gets in your head a little bit and you get one on one in the goalie and you panic a little bit. You lose composure. You, you overthink it. And and as we've talked with some of these players before, if you're thinking about it, it's too late. Like you, you, yep. it's got to be muscle memory. It's got to be instinct. It's got to be like after the fact, like, oh, wow, that was a good shot. You can't be thinking about it. And, I, and it seemed like he thought about it a little bit too much, maybe. And, it's like in basketball when a shooter is so wide open that they have all the time in the world and it actually works against them because they have time to think yep. about it. That was exactly. kind of the equivalent of this for string. It almost would have been better if he had a defender on his tail, had to just turn and shoot. That instinctive nature yeah. is so, so mm-hmm. inherent with mm-hmm. string. But yeah, when you're running up one-on-one with the keeper for 5, 10, 15 yards like he was, uh gives you maybe too much time to, to think yep. about what you're doing. So yep. um, but if that yeah. was it. It's a different, a completely different match, obviously. Oh, changes the complexion completely. Uh, but 10 minutes later, Richmond get the only goal they'd need, courtesy of Gordon, and an unlucky bounce. Yep. Takes a square ball and gets by Cyrus Rad. Um, and Cyrus, you know, has picked up quite a few fouls and cards this season, so maybe he was just trying to stay clean here. Um, not sure. But uh, knowing he had to cover behind him. I mean, Gordon, yeah. Gordon made a nice touch to get around him. And, and yeah. Tyrus knew that Christian was behind him. So, yeah. And then Christian Dean rotates over and Gordon takes a shot from about 12 yards. Not a, you know, a, a crazy shot, not a goal of the week nominee by any means. Nope. Um, and Ro- Rosarina did have a beat on it, but uh, Dean was looking to block it as well and went off the bottom of his thigh and in uh, for the only goal deflection. of the match. Yeah. Unlucky deflection, you know, unfortunately. And then uh, in the second, that was really it for the first half. And then in the second, there were some decent chances created by Madison. Cassini came on to begin the second. Um, and he he was really good off the bench, provided a spark. Um, and early in the second, there was a really a, a very nice, like a uh, ticky-tacky style buildup in the Richmond box to get Bartman a little bit of space. Yep. And then he fires this really nice looking shot that went just over the bar. Talk about goal of the week nominees. This would have been a goal of the week nominee. It would have been a banger. And that's this is kind of the 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 spark the um the the potential the capability that a guy like Bartman has yeah. where he can really kind of has the ability to pull those goals out of nothing um, mm-hmm. similar to Jeremiah Strang in that regard and man Madison could have really used that one but it's just over the bar unlucky um, Eric Leonard gets a really nice ball in that Rojay Smith puts just over the bar uh, Christian Dean very nearly scored one early in the second half. Um, Low driven cross Fitzgerald went to get down to get it. And if he doesn't, it's a tap in for Dean. Not sure who was on the cross there. 
Um, but I mean, we, we kind of teased this, that Dean played a different role in this game. Um, he was a much more forward thinking forward contributing player in this match yeah. than yeah. maybe you would have thought. Than, than he has been before. We've been, one of my criticisms of, of him and having him in the starting 11 has been that his instinct is not forward or hasn't been, you know, he, he's, he's much more of a pull it back, play lateral kind of guy, hold possession from the back rather than play it out. He's not a guy that's going to dribble out of the back. He's not a guy that's going to play a long ball out of the back. Um, the way this, this team wants to do that. Um, but th- this game, he was, it was, he was, I don't know if, if Glazer just like got to him, like, you know, he got to figure yeah. out what he, what Matt wants him to do, but you know, he found himself not only playing the ball forward, but actually getting himself forward. And, yep. and, and he, uh, you know, I was quite surprised to see him in the Richmond box in the 50th minute, almost scoring that goal. Um, mm. and, and, and he actually played center forward for the past last seven minutes of this match. Was, yeah. Because, uh, Mario comes on in the 87th for yeah. Strang and that, that moves Dean up to the spot that Strang vacated basically. Right. Right. When you see, when you see Chris, uh, season Mario come in for Jeremiah Strang, you go, what? We're we're yeah. down a goal, Matt. We can't be putting making defensive subs. And then you realize that Maria went actually went in for Dean, who then came up for Strang and played center forward for the last seven minutes of the match. Yeah. Weird time to experiment like that. The second to last game in seven minutes. I mean, why not? Though, yeah. right? I mean, you got nothing to lose. If Josiah Trimingham can play center forward, why not Christian Dean? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, ultimately, though, it was for not Mingos have not scored a goal in 279 minutes of game time. Last goal was September 17th against North Carolina. Yeah. It's one thing not to win in a month, but not a single goal in three games. And for the better part of a month, only one goal in four. Um, that's 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 pretty that's pretty jarring. I mean, I mean, unsurprising when you think of how these last four matches have gone, but uh, but when right. you see that stat, it's just like wow, that's that's us. Like that's our team. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that cannot score a goal. At this part of the season, you know? Yeah. Crucial, crucial part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only one yellow card in this match, 87th minute. Um, better officiating, more discipline play, or just less intensity. Um, I would say probably from a Madison perspective, you know, a, a little bit of all of it. I would say less intensity. Um, I thought the officiating was pretty good. Um, it was. Yeah. The, the, the referee yeah. did not get in the way in this match, which was nice. But it was also – Neither team was in it to hurt anybody or, or was correct. I mean, Richmond had not a little bit on the line, but not very much. Madison had nothing on the line, so there's not a lot of reason to be throwing elbows and stuff. Yeah. Um, with with the win, Richmond did secure the number one spot for the top spot for playoffs. So um congrats to them, I guess. Yeah. Um yeah. and and a few other stats. Uh Ford Madison did play more of their game this time. Sixty percent of the possession, eighty-six percent passing accuracy. They held the highest scoring team in the league in Richmond to just three shots, two on target. Uh, Gordon's goal was really the only good chance that Richmond had on the night. And then on the other end, Madison managed seven shots again, but none on target again. Rough, 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 rough. Yeah. All right. Up next, they finished the season at Tucson. And with a loss, the Mingos could finish dead last in the table. Um, if North Carolina beats Charlotte and the Mingos lose to Tucson, then Madison will be the bottom dwellers, the wooden spoon, if you will. If this were any other, uh, you know, if we were in Europe, they'd be getting relegated to League Two. Um, but 
Uh, luckily, we don't have promotion and relegation. We'd always talk about promotion and relegation, Rob, but we're fortunate not to have it this season. So, <laughs> uh, as it sits now, the road to the Cup does go through Richmond. They've secured the top spot. Greenville, Chattanooga, and Omaha have all clinched playoff spots as well, but the lead, the seeds from two to six are all still up for grabs. I mean, basically, all but three teams have a shot at this point. Mm-hmm. All but three or four. Um, have a shot at this point. Four, so. uh, four clubs have been eliminated, uh, and and two, two, and everybody else is still in it. Um, and and none of the seeds other than one are set. So everybody except Richmond has something to play for this weekend. That'll be intense. Speaking of intensity, that'll be very very intense. Um, it'll all get sorted out before Madison's game on Saturday night, which is literally the last game of the regular season. Um, around the league, though, let's go around the league. Uh, Wednesday, it was Central Valley 2, Tucson nil. Another long weather delay decided by second-half goals from Z- Zahir Vasquez and Christian Chaney. On Saturday, it was Greenville 1, Charlotte nil. as Jacob Lobovitz, who else, with the late winner in the 79th minute. Uh, North Carolina nil, Chattanooga 1. Uh, as uh, NCFC very nearly scored a couple times in the first half, Garrett McLaughlin put a shot that went off the inside of the post, the underside of the crossbar, and somehow stayed out. Uh, double doink, but in soccer this time. Yeah. Um, and then just after halftime, it was Juan Galindres, uh, nutmegging the keeper for the lone goal of the match. Chattanooga, big win for them. Um, Omaha shares points with Tormenta, 1-1, as Owen Green was sent off for a dog zone. Very soft one, just outside the box in the 22nd minute. And then Tormenta could not clear the resulting free kick, and after a few shots bounced around, Connor Doyle was able to get one through traffic and in. But Omaha never took advantage of being a man up, conceded a penalty in the 52nd, and settles for a disappointing draw. As we have kind of mentioned, they do have a playoff spot secured, but, I mean, you're battling for positioning at this point, and that draw is, could be big drop points there for them. And then finally, NOCO 2, Tucson 1, up 1-0 in first half stoppage. Goalkeeper Johan Penaranda gets sent off for a ridiculously reckless foul outside the box. That, of course, is Northern Colorado's keeper. Uh, so Tucson takes advantage, equalizes, um, but down a man, the hailstorm had all the chances in the second half and Destin Norman scored in the 75th to win it and keep Northern Colorado in the hunt for the playoffs. A man down Northern Colorado gets it, gets it done at home with a two, one win over Tucson. I, Huge. I'm not, I don't think I've seen a USL one goalkeeper sent off ever. I, I, cause I haven't really paid attention that much to it, but I can't remember a goalkeeper being sent off. That would be interesting if it was the first time ever. That would be surprising, though, in in four seasons of uh, League One. Yeah. But certainly, but it was it was it was it was the right call. I mean, it was a it was yeah. a crazy foul, boot up to toward the guy's face. It was really reckless. Yeah. So as again, as we get down to the playoffs, you know, obviously it's disappointing that Madison is out of it. But you know, if you are uh, you know have become like maybe a fan of this league as a whole, mm-hmm. um, you know, really enjoying the uh, the the soccer that we've seen. Um, it's going to be an exciting playoffs. That is 100% sure. I think so. I think so. I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm going to watch. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy who doesn't watch soccer anymore just because my team is out of it. But I think I'll watch mm. it. I think it'll be fun to watch as a neutral. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Rob, let's go around Wisconsin. All right, the UW Badger men get off the schneid with a huge 2-1 home win over Michigan on Friday. That's their first win in conference play. Badger women, meanwhile, head to Evanston uh, and lose 2-1 to Northwestern. Uh, Madison College men uh, had, prior to Wednesday, had only lost one match, and that was to Harper College. 
They rematched with Harbor College, and uh, the rematch goes to the Wolfpack with a 2-0 win at in Palatine, Illinois. And then Saturday, uh, they get their second loss. They take a 2-1 lead into halftime and give up two second-half goals to lose 3-2 the College of DuPage. Still sitting at 10-2 and on the season. Pretty pretty good start for them. Madison College uh, women also beat Harper College 2-1 and then played to a goalless draw against DuPage. Uh, they are 2-3-1 at home and 4-0-1 away from Goodman Pitch. They're road warriors. Uh, UW-Milwaukee men get yet another draw. They're fifth of the season. They're, their season starting off like Ford Madison did. 1-1 mm-hmm. at UW-Green Bay. UW-Milwaukee women now on a five-game unbeaten streak following a win, a 3-0 win over IUPUI. Uh, UW-Eau Claire, we talked about last week, they were 13-0 and number 23 mm-hmm. in the Division Three NCAA rankings. They lost twice since then, uh, falling 1-0 to Augsburg and 3-0 to St. Olaf, both in Minnesota. Uh, And then closer to home here in Madison, the Madison Soccer Association. Paradigm 2 gets a 3-2 win over CPFC. Bulldogs 4-2 over Vilas Rangers. And Isthmus City FC draw 3-3 with Paradigm. All right. A lot of exciting stuff happening all around the Wisconsin soccer scene. And speaking of exciting stuff, let's get to this week's interview. It is the Flock Vice President, Kelly Ferguson, joining Talking Flock. Really interesting to hear her perspective on the season and how people can get involved with the Flock, you know, getting this new role and, and all those things. So um, great, great conversation between Rob and Kelly. And uh, Rob and I will be back on the other side to wrap things up with our shout outs and our Flamingo Fun Fact. And joining us today, the Flock Vice President, Kelly Ferguson. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. It is, uh, it, it just, I, I, I apologize we haven't had you on yet. I feel like this should have been earlier in the season, probably. Well, I'm glad to be here now. Yeah, better late than never. <laughs> better late than never. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, how are you feeling about things? I mean, it's been a rough one, um, and, but uh, y'all are still showing out and showing up and, and having a good time. How, how do you, let me, First of all, just how are you feeling about things? And secondly, how do you keep positive in the midst of a season like this? Yeah. Um, I mean, real disappointed in in how things ended. I think everybody at all connected to this team is is disappointed with that. Um, you know, we came in to the season looking at a roster that had so much promise. And on paper, this team should have been like mm-hmm. top three in the league. Um, so it, it has been tough, you know, um, the flock's motto is loud, vibrant and unwavering. And, uh, I think it put unwavering to the test a little bit this year, but, you know, I mean, we're, we're there to support the team and it, uh, it's, it's sometimes challenging to keep the energy up when, when things aren't going well, but Um, you know, if, if you cut us, we bleed pink, you know, we're, we're there win or lose. Uh Uh-huh. And I I have to say it was, uh, surprising pleasantly to see, to, to get to to the stadium on Saturday and see it really full of people. So uh, obviously that what you have at the flock end isn't, isn't restricted to the flock end, right? It's like the entire community keeps showing up for this team. And we had 4,500 people there after being eliminated from the playoffs when there's literally nothing at stake and we haven't scored a goal in three weeks or whatever, (laughs) but people keep coming out. What what is it about this club? Do you think that, that makes that possible? I mean, no no other club in the league draws as many people as we do. So what is it about this club? about this team? 
Yeah, I, I think it's it's just something about Madison in general that, you know, we we love to to get behind something, you know, we're we're a really um vibrant, enthusiastic city in general. And I think this this city really got behind the team from the beginning. Um and you know, after a wonky season with COVID and playing, you know, out of town. And then last year, obviously, a lot of people still not comfortable being around crowds. Um, I didn't know how this season was was going to look. And it started off really sparse for attendance. Uh, but the team didn't begin the season strong. A uh, lot of kinks to work out. And it rained every single game. I know. I <laughs> and so... <laughs> once once the weather started looking decent yeah. um, and at the same time, the team kind of started to click and they really started to work together. I think it it really brought back a lot of the energy that we had in the 2019 season. Mm -hmm. And I think people were really just ready to be excited about something. So I'm hoping that this flows right into the next season, mm -hmm. you know, next year. And we start off equally strong and everyone is still, you know, ready to up the goes and, and, and stay behind this team and keep screaming their faces off at the games. <laughs> yeah. It's um, I said last year when things weren't going well, that it, there are a lot of communities like ours who would be really excited to have a team to be sad about. You know, yeah. Like, at least we have that. At least we have something. Like up until 2019, now we complain and complain and complain, but we had nothing to complain about five years ago, six years ago. Now we do. Um, this team has also kind of developed this reputation, I guess. I guess this league really has a reputation of the players really connecting with folks. Um, did, did you – who who on this team, Who what, which of the on-field guys uh, has, has really forged connections with the – with the flock. I mean, we know Eric has been here forever, but any of the new guys really connect with you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, Eric has, has stepped up to fill that sort of connecting, um, that, which is you know, team leadership yeah. position, you know, um, I mean, really filling the shoes that, that turbo had, yeah. had filled for, for quite some time. Um, a very different relationship with the community, but I think just as strong. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen, some of the guys, you know, also stepping up. Um, Andrew Wheeler uh, has been at a lot of different events. Um, we've seen Mikey at a couple different things. Um, Mikey and one of the other players I know were going to help referee like a student staff soccer game oh, cool. um, that we had planned last spring. Um, unfortunately, I had to cancel because of rain, shockingly. Oh, um, and uh, so I think, you know, those are two guys I've seen involved in a lot of things, but, um, I think, you know, there are definitely some guys that, you know, have been popping into different events. You know, we had a bingo night at the forward club. I shouldn't say we, I mean, the team, the team put it on, I was yeah. attending, um, there were a couple of the guys from the team there and a couple of the guys went out, um, during black restaurant week um, joined the flock and the team, um, to have some dinner. And so I, I think that the guys are getting out into the community even a little bit more than previous squads have done. And I think that 
connection to the community and the dedication with this club to serve the community uh, is another reason the community is connecting so much with the club. You know, we've got a lot of the guys are doing volunteer events. We've had some working in the um, the Flock Food Project community garden. Yep. So, um, I, you know, I I hate to name specific players, which I know I've already done, uh, because really, I think a lot of the guys are, are are showing up for the community like we show up for them. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of part of the deal when you sign here. Now, first of all, you're going to be involved with some goofy Twitter stuff. And yes. also you're going to be expected kind of to do that stuff too, which I think, I think is, I think it comes from the league also. I think you see that a lot with the other clubs too. It's not just Madison that does that, but um, it seems like Madison is really, really bought into that whole idea. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Can you think of any um, particular <clears throat> uh, highlights or moments from this season, either on the field or off that will really exemplify or that you'll remember from 2022? Oh, gosh. Um, I am probably the worst person to ask about particular on the field moments, because um, even when I've been playing soccer, I kind of brain dump all the specifics (laughs) after the moment has passed. Uh Um, You know, I think seeing the team start to click and really start to work together, and it kind of turned the tide of the whole season. Um, I know it then kind of bombed a little bit later, but we were really seeing some good stuff out on the field. Um, You know, the team has the best passing record in the league and it shows, I mean, they do control the ball a lot and just somehow don't manage to put that in, you know, (laughs) through the net. Um, So, you know, I, I think that I can't say one specific um, on the field moment. Um, you know, I know as in the flock end, anything, any moments jump out to you? In the flock end, um, I would say looking back real recently, um, I, I also, you know, play the drum a lot um, during the games. And we had worked with some of the kids from Black Star Drumline and recently brought them in. And so we actually jammed with some kids from the community uh, for half of our game. And then, um, you know, we had spent a couple Saturdays teaching them our, our rhythms and things like that. And that was just a really cool experience to get youth involved in a really different aspect of soccer. Um, A lot of our outreach has actually been to youth players. And so this was really cool to reach out to youth musicians and, and bring them into that side um, of soccer things. Uh, we really brought in a lot more people into the drum section. Um, we added a couple more trumpets and a trombone and occasionally I think a couple other things, uh, which I would say is probably unique to <laughs> our section of musicians. Um, and so that is is my kind of proud moment and exciting moment for this year is just what we've been able to do to literally bring the noise to the flock end. Um, I know you've got a, a board meeting tonight or uh, as we're recording, uh, mm-hmm. as you're listening, uh, but what are you, are there any particular plans that were, t- I mean, what are you doing on off season if you're a supporter group? Do you, do you plan for next year? Do you, do you just, uh, just try yeah. to 
are we bringing next year? Is there, are there any specific ideas and stuff that, that we're going to see in the off season or looking into 2023? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we will be having flock board elections in November. So okay. we don't actually know who the board is going to be going into the next season. Um, you know, shameless self-promotion. I'm planning on running um, again for the board. I actually assumed the role of vice president this year after we had some change up in board leadership. So um, I'd like to continue doing this or um, some other board work um, within the flock for the next year. So I can talk, I know about a lot of my goals is having some more events um, in the off season, just connecting our fan base mm -hmm. uh, to each other and to some of the community service groups and projects that we've worked with um, over the course of this year. I would love to see more outreach to other communities in Madison that have not um, been as connected mm -hmm. to um, specifically the flock, but potentially the entire fan experience. Um, I'm thinking specifically of making outreach to um, the Asian community mm -hmm. in Madison. Um, we haven't necessarily seen as much representation as um, some of the other demographic groups. Um, you know, we've got supporters groups geared at a lot of different demographics, whether it's Featherstone Flamingo connecting with um, the African-American community and black culture within soccer. And we've got a couple of Latino supporters groups with La Barra and Los Rebeldes, um, you know, Mingo Ladies, Pink Tape, um, probably going to be forgetting <laughs> one of our groups because, you know, the pressure of the moment. Um, but really reaching out to additional communities that um, that we haven't as much, um, connecting more with community partners, uh, volunteer organizations, other groups we can help, other groups that can help us support the community. Mm -hmm. um, definitely are looking for more people to get involved um, in the flock itself. Um, all of the board positions are open. Okay. So anyone is welcome to run for that, including um, our two or three at-large positions, which bring someone onto the board without necessarily the pressure of, you know, being the secretary or something like that. Right. So really good for people who want to just get their feet wet with being involved. Um, the other thing we really are looking for are um, additional people to help with our match day experience. Mm -hmm. So um, people like the capo, who's the person that, with the megaphone yep. on, on the stand in the front of the flock end, helping lead the cheers, hype up the crowd, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we're, we're really, we want to really bring it from the beginning. You know, this year was, was kind of a, a slow start as we were getting back into it, into that normal stadium experience too. So well, starting April 2nd and, or whenever it was April 9th didn't really help either. Right. Yeah. It did get a later snark, a later start than, uh, than it could have. So yeah. yeah. Uh, there are a handful of folks that the, the, I don't know if you're a Reddit person. I'm really not, but I, I did, I did find, uh, a, Andrew, um, Smith shared with me a, a Reddit thread where it's, where I could only describe it as ennui that people are like <laughs> i've been a season ticket holder but eh, i just i just don't think i'm gonna next year it's just that the team's not good enough I, they don't deserve it 
you know, the food's not good enough, <laughs> whatever. Um, what would you say to that person, you know, who's maybe like been a, been a fan, enjoyed the games, uh, but maybe isn't feeling it because the team has not yet won a trophy, <laughs> you know? Uh, what, would you, what would you say to folks like that in that position? I think my comments would, would be twofold. First of all, um, if there are specific things like the food isn't good enough or we've got the wrong beer at the stadium or things like that, um, that's definitely something that, you know, as representatives of the fans can bring to the flock and we would be happy to pass that on to ownership and to the stadium. And uh, they have been really responsive to things that we've requested, whether in terms of facilities, accessibility, um, you know, having additional food and drink options in the flock and things like that. Um, so those things can be fixed really fairly simply um, in terms of, well, the team's not winning enough, you know, it, that's going to happen. I mean, no one has a team that's always the top of the table in any sport, I don't think. Um I, I don't follow really other sports, so I could be wrong on that. But, you know, I mean, you look at people that followed the Chicago Cubs for how many years? <laughs> they were just, you know, cursed is, you know, as people said. And yet their fans still showed up and, um, you know, were rabid fans for that team. So I don't know what makes a person follow a team versus not. Um, I kind of came into this just deciding when forward started, I was going to be a supporter of this team because there's a professional soccer team in my city. <laughs> like, how cool is that? Right. Um, you know, I would love to talk to, to those people and, and see what would make their experience better. Obviously I don't control what goes on on the field, but um, we can certainly make a lot of changes with what goes on around the field. What about, uh, I doubt that there's anybody listening to this podcast who hasn't been to a game. Um, but if we are all going to be ambassadors for this club, what should we say to folks who maybe haven't been to a game yet? To, to Give it a game? try. It's a great experience. I mean, e even when the team does not reach peak performance, shall we say, um, it's a great time. I've never had a bad time at the game. And sometimes, you know, I mean, there was one game recently where I said, sure, we're loud, vibrant, and unwavering, but I'm also wet, shivering, and disappointed. And I still had a great time at the game. Um, I think if you go there expecting to meet great people, have a great environment, you know, drink a 32-ounce beer, you'll have fun. Yeah. Even if you're not that into soccer, we've got several very involved flock members who are brand new to soccer mm -hmm. just from coming to the games. Cause it seemed like a thing to do. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's from our perspective, it, I am a, I'm a, you know, a soccer nerd and I'm, I get, I'm, I'm the, I'm, get really really like depressed for days after a loss but i realized like not very many people are like that right like not everybody's us who are like living and dying by it and a lot of people are just there to have fun and like my my brought my daughter there for her 10th birthday and all she wanted to do was see the cows and the animals and 
we lost and she didn't care. Like she just had a really, really fun time. And that's what they're trying to provide. Right. It's a really good time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really, that's really what it's about, you know? And I mean, I compare it to, um, I've gone to Mallard's games and not seen a single play of the game and had the time of my life, Right. right? you know, like you can enjoy it without the sport. And if you're into the sport, like that's even better. <laughs> right. Um, who is your last question? Who's your, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who's your MVP? Eric Leonard. I think that's a good call. I like I like the lack of hesitation. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Leonard. The guy is clutch. He's not a flashy player. Um, but he has saved this team's bacon a whole lot. Um, in many, many, you know, plays like coming down, defending. He's always there. I don't know how the shortest guy in that line can get his head on every single ball that wow. comes through. I said, I swear he's got a cursed monkey paw somewhere. But uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's he's been been real clutch this year. Yep. And as you mentioned him kind of stepping into that, role that turbo had before which is a big those are big shoes right yeah uh, so to, to have not only that on the field performance and just be that rocket back there uh but to, to make those connections and be so open with all of us as well yeah uh kelly ferguson really appreciate your time today i know you got a board meeting to get to so enjoy the rest of your evening have a have a great one we'll see yeah you thank you very much glad to be here we'll see you we'll see you next spring i guess or somewhere in the, in the middle in between there yeah for sure all right. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Huge thanks again to Kelly Ferguson, Flock VP, for joining the show this week. Great conversation between her and Rob. Uh, but now we will get to our full Mingo shout-outs. I will kick things off here and uh, just going to shout-out the entire back line. Defensively, Madison couldn't have been better, I think, <clears throat> on uh, on Saturday. If, if they had... No, I guess the only way they could have been better is they've gotten a clean sheet. But when you only give up three shots, two on goal, to the highest scoring team in the league, and you only give up one goal, that is that is very much on the high end of what you want to expect and what you want to see uh, in that match from your back line. And especially considering that Eric Leonard was moved from the center to the right, um, you know they were a little bit out of their normal uh, back back line personnel, if you will. Um, but I, I thought they did, I thought they did really, really well. So I want to give a, a shout out to the in, entire back line. It's unfortunate that the, uh, attack can get them some goals, but that's kind of been the theme. It has been, it has been, uh, my first shout out is to Mingo alumni, Noah Fusan and Michael Vang and all of their friends at Columbus crew too, for winning the inaugural MLS next pro championship. And, uh, boy, I, I don't know how you keep new Noah Fusan at the division three level much longer. I think, I think we'll see him on the, on the field for, on the screen next season yeah i would i would think so um especially it was in a 24-hour period you get crew two winning mls next pro and then the top the the crew first team getting bounced from a playoff content or bounced yeah, obviously they need yeah from playoff contention yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah maybe they could use a little help on on the attack that's for sure yeah. um my second shout out is for nazim bartman almost had a banger he's been a spark all year yeah. um He's just been, he's been one of those huge, huge bright spots. And when you look at this roster, you know, he's one guy that's at the top of your wish list for guys to return next season. Um, I would yeah. say maybe Strang and Bartman would be one, two for me. Uh, as far as the the guys who just came in this year, obviously you have some of the guys who've been here for a while that might want to see. Uh, but as far as those kind of first year guys, Bartman and Strang are two guys I want to see back for year two, for sure. 
for sure, for sure. My second uh, shout out is uh, Christian Dean. I think um, for a guy who was an MLS guy, retired from the game, uh, was away from it for a couple of years, comes back as kind of an elder statesman uh, and and a, a pretty good defender to, uh, as we mentioned, kind of alter his approach to fit into the system that Matt is trying to do. And obviously he's, he's that started to click, I mean, too late, but whatever. Uh, mm. But just, just, just looking at Saturday's game, he had the best game of his season, I think. Um, and, and to see him embrace a slightly different role and try to spark something uh, when the team needed a spark, um, uh, I, I respect that a lot. So shout out Christian Dean. Yeah, he's he's been awesome. And um, really, I, I like how you kind of got a little bit of a showcase over the weekend, uh, mm-hmm. showing what he's capable of and, and moving and sure. doing different things and being really effective. So yep. that was good to see. Um, my final shout out, it, it seems general, but um, I'm going to shout out all our all our listeners here on Talking Flock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done this for two years, and it's been two it's been two exciting seasons, but also ended up being two really rough seasons yeah. <laughs> for for Madison. Disappointing yeah. for sure. And when you look at the the end and the standings, uh, but y'all have been here and been sticking with us for all of it. Um, you know our our listenership and our our audience. You know it feels like it continues to grow even when the results aren't there. You guys are still tuning into the podcast. You're still engaged. Uh, so we really, really appreciate that. We work really hard to bring you something that we hope you enjoy. And uh, it feels good to see that reciprocated by you guys. So um, cannot thank all of our listeners enough. You guys are the best. Uh, that's why I started this podcast in the first place. Um, and uh, uh, I'm just really, really thankful for for everybody that we kind of have in the, in the Talking Flock family, if you will. Um, and everybody who engaged with us on Twitter as well on social media. Mm-hmm. You guys are the best. So thank you guys so much. Even you guys from Omaha. Yep, even the Omaha guys, even the ones who hate listen, we still appreciate you. All <laughs> right, my uh, my final is along the same lines: the fans and the flock. Uh, I was I was genuinely, genuinely did not expect to see more than two thousand people in the stands on Saturday. And I walk in, and mm. and the whole covered area is full. The whole rooftop is full. The whole bleachers are full. The whole flock end is full and loud. And uh, I'm just so impressed with the the way the city has embraced this club. Where the city has, has uh, uh, connected with this club and uh, uh, this team, and, and despite the results, uh, keep coming out. Um, and and I got to tell you, not only you know, the guys the guys say, well, you never know if they're just saying it. But like you know, we really respond. You're like the twelfth man. We just love playing in front of you guys. It really helps when you're loud. But you're also helping some of these players want to come back. And and we uh, we're yep. talking. I was talking with Derek Gebhardt after the match, and. Um, and, and he, I, I think he was genuine when <clears throat> we asked him, Grant and I were both talking to him and, and asked him, you know, do you want to come back next year? And he was candid. And he said, you know, I, you always want to play at the highest level you can. So if you get an offer from the championship or MLS or, you know, whatever, you got to, you got to seriously think about it. And you probably got to take it if you get that opportunity. <clears throat> but he said very sincerely, if I'm in this league, I'm going to be here because of these mm-hmm. guys, because of this fans, because of this environment, because of this community. Uh, so, just by showing up, just by letting these guys know that we care about you, we love you, we're going to support you, even when you're not winning. Like that's the kind of fan base that these guys want to play for, yeah. right? So that might actually help bring some of these guys back, even though the results weren't there. So big shout out to the fans and the flock. Absolutely. All right, bring us home with a fun fact, Rob. All right, we talk about the wooden spoon, the the, the coveted prize for the last place team. Uh, if Ford Madison win. And 
North, North Carolina uh, win or, or uh, rather, I'm sorry, if North Carolina lose or draw, North Carolina will win the Wooden Spoon for the second consecutive year. And they would end up being only the second team in the history of this league to win the Wooden Spoon. Because as folks might remember, I, I had to look this up because I actually didn't remember because I didn't even pay attention to the bottom of the table those first two years. Uh, but the back-to-back Wooden Spoon champions in years one and two were Orlando City B, which is no longer uh, no no longer with us. But if if uh, North Carolina lose or draw, they win it. If North Carolina win and we lose, we get the Wooden Spoon. It's still an all-out race for some of those playoff spots. It's still an all-out race for the Wooden Spoon. That's crazy to me. So I, I think this shows that – with Madison and North Carolina competing for the wooden spoon in 2022, I feel like every team in league one this year is on the good side of bad. Yes, like when you look at the pendulum that swings one way or the other, it seems like every team in league one this year is on the good end of that. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's cool to see. It's a, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for Madison in some way, because uh, you know, if there were a few more bad teams in the league, maybe they would make the playoffs. But at the same time, I just think um, it's, it it shows really, it's, it's really well for the league. And and, um, it just continues to have that. The league continues to have that parity where um, Mm -hmm. any team can make the playoffs. Any team is right there. I mean, We've seen North Carolina beat almost everybody this season uh, in the league. If you look at their wins, they probably beat almost everybody in the league this season. I mean, Garrett was at least was at one point mm-hmm. the, um, the gold boot leader. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just wild to think that those those two teams are the ones that are near the bottom, but. Uh, yeah. That's 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 how it is this year. That's what it is, and that's what yeah. makes this league so exciting. And and it's been and that and it's been a fun season. I mean, it's it's been it, it, soccer wise, yeah. league wise, it's not been a fun season for us. It's been a fun season to watch this league. The the up and down of all the, of the table. The table's been so tight all season. So you know, kudos to the league for putting together a good product and a fun product to be part of. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Talk and Flock. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for. Lending us your ears, as we mentioned, and sticking with us all season long. We appreciate it. One more episode this season coming your way next week. The season finale. Um, we'll be breaking down the the we'll breaking down the season finale uh, between Madison and Tucson, and uh, maybe get a guest or two to bring us home for this season as well. But either way, we appreciate all you guys' support, and uh, we'll be back next week for another edition of Talking Flock. Until then, enjoy the last game of the season. 